Thank you very much, Holly, for ministering in music. Let's pray together. Father, we do thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that in Christ, grace and truth came. And in Christ, we have redemption. As we interact with your word this morning, we want to be attentive hearers, and doers. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen. Palm Sunday's focus is on the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem. Easter Sunday's focus is on the resurrection of Christ. Christ is central. Therefore today, as well as Good Friday. And next Sunday morning, we want to reflect on Christ, specifically the gospel of Christ and Christ's coming among us. I'm going to begin with a little quiz. The first one question is, <clears throat> what significant event took place in the first day, or the, took place the day after the tri- triumphal entry which resorted in the chief priest and teachers of the law looking for a way to kill Jesus. What significant event took place the day after the triumphal entry, which resorted in the chief priest and teachers of the law looking for a way to kill Jesus? They drove the money changers out of the temple. Just interesting sequence of events, you know, Triumphal entry, and the very next day, he's driving the money changers out of the temple. A couple other questions. Not looking for response. These are thought questions. With whom does the gospel of Christ begin? With whom does the gospel of Christ begin? Christ died for us because he saw potential in us. That would be, do you agree or disagree? I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying, what do you think? Christ died for us because he saw potential and worth in us. What can a person do to be saved from sin? What can a person do to be saved from sin? Effective methods are important in communicating the gospel. We must get the attention of the sinner. Effective methods are important in communicating the gospel because we must get the attention of sinners. And again, agree, disagree. Paul speaks of the gospel. In Romans 1.16, he says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In Galatians 1, he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. (coughs) Excuse me. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached, Let him be eternally condemned. 
Paul is very, very concerned about the gospel. What is the gospel of Christ? Sometimes we think if we know all the counterfeits, we know all the false doctrines, we know all the false teaching, and we know the false gospels that will do well. But I think in many respects, recognizing a counterfeit is the same as true in handling money. Someone who is going to work in a bank and they're going to be taught how to recognize a counterfeit, they're not shown all kinds of counterfeits. They're taught what a real dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill and so on looks like. And if they know the genuine, they'll recognize anything that's not genuine. And the same is true of the gospel. We may say we need to understand cults and all the teachings of other groups that don't teach the true gospel. My response is let's focus on the gospel. Have a firm grasp on what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'll recognize everything else that comes along. An overview of what the gospel is. <clears throat> we obviously have a message. And a message, just an overview again, is involving a creator God. We have a message that involves fall, sin, separation. We're dealing with a message that involves God's grace, his pursuit of people from the time of Adam and Eve on. We have a message that involves Jesus Christ, his character, his being, his identity, his work, his death, his resurrection, and his glory. We're dealing with a message that is followed by conviction by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God convicting, then repentance, turning from sin, and faith come on the scene. When repentance and faith takes place, relationships come into play. When one repents of sin and trusts in Christ, a relationship with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with the body of Christ. Those who repent of sin and come to faith in Christ become part of the body of Christ. We also have a relationship with the world. That is, we become ambassadors to the world in which we live. This morning we want to reflect some on the message, several aspects of the message when we think of Christ. So we think about the message, we're dealing with a creator God. Take our Bibles and go to Genesis 1 for just a few moments. In Genesis 1 and 2, we know that God created Adam and Eve in their image, that is, the image of God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In Genesis 1 and verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. <coughs> God again taking the initiative, creating Adam, creating Eve. Verse 31 says, 
of chapter 1, God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. In chapter 2 and verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat fruit from the tree. You must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Obviously, the gospel begins with God. He created man in his image. We know that Adam and Eve sinned, but we won't go there at the present time. But let's go over to John chapter 1, where we find that God continues to work. And again, the gospel beginning with a creator, God. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, that is, through the Word, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness. But the darkness has not understood it. In the beginning, the word Christ was with God. But again, beginning with God, beginning with Christ, Christ coming to reveal. Let's go over to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1. John's gospel, the focus was on Christ so that people could know they have eternal life. In Hebrews, the focus is on Christ. He's better than Moses, Aaron, the prophets, and so on. And verse 1 says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And through whom he made the universe, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact, exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. And again, God speaking, God beginning, speaking through prophets, but then speaking through his son, Jesus Christ. We can talk about the gospel of Christ. We can talk about Christ, but it begins with a creator God. A creator God who created 
Adam and Eve and his image and then pursuing them very clearly in light of Scripture we're dealing with a creator God a creator God who is the standard in Genesis 2 said, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He goes on in Scripture and talks about worship and so on. So with the Creator God, there are absolutes in the sense that God says, this is what I desire, this is what I don't desire. And there then are consequences. And along with that, there's accountability. We know that Adam and Eve chose to eat the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What happened? God pursued him. He didn't let him go. He pursued him with accountability. Where are you, Adam? You know, did you eat fruit from the tree of the one that I told you not to eat from? So when we think about the gospel of Christ, we're dealing with a message that begins with a creator God. We're also dealing with a message that involves what I would call the fall, sin, and separation. Take our Bibles and go back to Genesis now. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but when you eat of it, you will surely die. We know according to Genesis 3, 1 through 7, that they chose to eat. The result was that they realized they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together. Look at verse 8 of Genesis 3. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to the man, where are you? Apparently there was fellowship before. Now there's a hiding He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who has told you, or who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. There's a change in the relationship. Adam is hiding. He blames Verse 13, then the Lord God took the woman or said to the woman, who is this or what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The relationship has changed. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed 
or you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl in your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. A change, a tremendous change taking place. To the woman, he says in verse 16, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. A change in Eve and her response to Adam. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food till you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Verse 21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. The Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. Tremendous change taking place in Adam's life, in Eve's life, in the serpent's life. What we call the fall. Sin came into place. Separation took place. Separation between Adam, between Eve, between Adam and Eve and God. And there's a tremendous impact upon the creation itself. Because now Adam can have to toil and so on. Let's go to another passage in the New Testament. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. As Paul begins his letter to the Romans, he talks about sin. Then he discusses Christ. But Romans 1 and verse 18. Romans 1 and verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Creation (coughs) reveals much about God. His eternal power and divine nature. Verse 21, for although they knew God, They neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images, made to look like mortal man, and birds, and animals, and reptiles. You read on in Romans 1, we find that God gave them over to their sinful desires, And because they didn't want to retain God in their knowledge, 
He gave him over to a depraved mind. In relation to this passage, let's go to Psalm 106. I think in Romans 1, there's a very clear indication that Paul may be referring to the nation of Israel and what happened with the nation of Israel. Psalm 106. Psalm 106 and verse 19. At Horeb they, Israel, made a calf and worshipped an idol cast from metal. They exchanged their glory for an image of a bull which eats grass. They forgot the God who saved them, who had done great things in Egypt, miracles in the land of Ham, and awesome deeds by the Red Sea. So he said he would destroy them, had not Moses, his chosen one, stood in the breach before him to keep his wrath from destroying them. God has revealed himself in creation. He revealed himself to Adam, to Eve, to Abraham, to Isaac, and so on. When we get to Moses and Israel, they exchanged God's glory for an image of a bull which eats grass. They forgot the God who saved them. Seems to be a parallel to Romans 1, 21, where they forsook God. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 2. Again, a parallel to Israel and Romans 1 and walking away from God. Jeremiah chapter 2. Jeremiah is a very strong book on judgment, but also hope. But in Jeremiah chapter 2, and verse 11, Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 11, has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all, but my people have exchanged their glory for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, O heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They've forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. They exchanged their glory for worthless idols. Again, seems to be a parallel to Romans chapter 1 where God has revealed himself through creation. What did Israel do? They chose to reject their glory. If you look at Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 20, Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 20. Long ago you broke off your yoke and tore your bonds. You said, I will not serve you. Indeed, on every high hill and every, under every spreading tree, you lay down as a prostitute. I planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then <coughs> did you turn against me into a corrupt wild vine? 
we talk about the gospel, we're talking about a creator God, but we're also talking about a fall, a sin, a separation that took place in Genesis chapter 3. But we're also talking about Romans 1 where he says God has revealed himself through creation. And then they exchanged the glory of God for other items. Israel did that. They've been given the Mosaic law. While Moses is in the mountain, they made a golden calf. And we find that for years, <clears throat> Israel walked away from God and God continued to pursue them. But there was sin. There was a fall. There was a separation. Ephesians 2 talks about humans being dead and transgressions and sins. Titus 3 talks about how humans have sinned. 1 John 1, 8 talks about the fact that if we don't admit we're sinful, we have problems. So we think about Christ, we think about Easter, <clears throat> we think about a creator God. We think about fall, sin, and separation, that all humans are dead. Separated from God, <clears throat> no relationship. <clears throat> they depend upon themselves. <clears throat> All religious systems say you can do. God says, no, you can't. You're dead, you're separated from me. Yes, some may commit more sins than others, but gossipers, murderers, liars, those who don't forgive, drug addicts, and so on are all in the same boat of being separated from God. We have a message that deals with the Creator God. It deals with a fall the sin, separation. Lord willing, next week we'll pursue God's grace as God pursues people. And also reflect on Christ. That's the message of the gospel. Through repentance of faith, we come into a relationship with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit with the body of Christ, <clears throat> become ambassadors to the world. My simple question is, have you come to faith in Christ? <clears throat> Can you say, yes, God is my Father. Christ is my life. The Spirit of God is living within me. I'm part of the body of Christ. My simple question, have you come into a relationship with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit? If not, why not trust him today? If you have, then glory in the fact that God is at work in your life. <clears throat> the old clay pot 
There sits on the porch an old clay pot. It once was so beautiful to behold, <clears throat> but over the years the clay has cracked. The pot has grown so old. The potter works so carefully to fashion it and do something grand. To watch it decay and fall apart just wasn't in his plan. Each of our lives is like that pot. For Christ fashioned us from sand and clay. He wants our lives to be something grand. He wants us to grow more like him each day. Though at times we may try to reason and question his way. His promises still hold true today in spite of all the wrongs we do. God will mend our cracks, make our lives brand new. For he's the potter and he wants each day for us to allow him to fashion the clay by Jane Killian. We reflect on Christ. Let's sing together as we close our service. Travis.